Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. This is 1039 LI News Radio. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here. Much more importantly, Ty Tabor of King's X fame is our very special guest. Uh, look out for the new, uh, new release, Alien Beans, coming out. It'll be out on January 12th. And uh, Ty, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Uh, good, and I'm excited for your new new release. Everyone knows you work with Kings uh, Kings X, uh, and you know as guitarist and vocalist there, you've uh, you know you made quite a name for yourself and created a lot of good music over the years. Uh, if you don't mind, give us a little bit of your history and and go way back. Where were you born? Where were you raised? Um, well, I was born in Jackson, Mississippi, and I was raised just in the suburbs in an area that was actually part of Jackson until I was 12 years old, and it uh, incorporated itself into uh, being the city of Pearl, Mississippi. So uh, the rest of my life living there, I was technically in Pearl, Mississippi, till I graduated high school. Played music during all that time, played music, you know, in garages with friends, and uh, and played bluegrass in, in with my family and another family that was a close uh, some close friends of ours and both families we used to do a lot of things together including go to bluegrass festivals and play music so i i um was kind of always surrounded by music growing up um, loved rock and roll the beatles were my biggest influence and one of the main reasons i wanted to play guitar um so by the time i um got to uh college I had already done one tour throughout the South with a band called Matthew, and I had uh, been playing pretty much all my life at that point. I uh, moved up to Missouri, went to college, and that's where I ran into Doug and Jerry. And uh, it's really a long story, actually. There's a new book that'll be out uh, sometime soon all about it, actually. Um, are you the but author we, of the uh, book, or is it, uh, it, it, it you're the subject and the author, or are you the subject? We're the subject, yeah. and uh, Greg Prado, the writer, uh, is uh, doing doing the uh, is actually writing the book, putting it together, and editing it all. And um, we've been working on it for a long time, actually. I mean, extensively for a long time. So uh, it's it's going to be uh, it's going to be a very uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's it'll be a comprehensive look at the history of the band, that's for sure. And I think it's needed. Uh, so so little really is known about you guys. I mean, people know your music better than they know your your story. I, and I've been listening to you for years, and I, I didn't know you started with bluegrass. I had no idea that that was in your background. I you know you you guys are musicians. I mean, you guys are real musicians, and it makes sense. Uh, a lot of. Uh, a lot of good things come from people who know how to play bluegrass early, early on, and uh, and they could uh, transfer the skills. You know, a lot of the skills that come along with that. I, how do you uh, how do you uh, uh, relate to that? I mean, you don't sound anything you know uh, like where where your roots came from. But w- what do you think you got from your bluegrass roots? Well, bluegrass is is really all it is is blues on steroids. It's blues. Um with angst <laughs> yeah. um, and speed, but it's the same kind of blues licks. It's the same kind of exact same kind of playing as far as I'm concerned. Um, that's where I got my blues kind of bass down. I mean, that's, that's where it comes from. 
Um, to me, I hear bluegrass and it's rock and roll. Um, it may not have distorted guitars. It may not have all that stuff that we associate with rock and roll, but the heart of it is, is some serious angst and, uh, you know, uh, pain and all the things that blues are derived from. I think bluegrass is soaked in all of that. And so it's just another way to get to the blues. Yeah. Well, listen, it's a, it's, it, it's an interesting uh, way to put it. And, uh, you know, I think people see it as, as uh, much more difficult than the blues, maybe because of the speed or the, uh, you know, the, the tempo in general. But it's, uh, yeah, it's very cool. It's very cool to find that out about you. If you're just tuning in or you're just turning on your radios, uh, Ty Tabor is our very f- special guest. Frank McKay here with uh, Ty from, uh, from King's X and, and 30 years of music coming from those guys and, and, and still uh, running, uh, running strong. He's, uh, he's got such a wonderful career. Uh, behind him and in front of him and alien beans is the the name of the newest effort and uh and you'll be able to get that real soon uh it, let's talk about alien beans uh if you would and and you know when did uh when did the the concept of it start or the the project start in general um when did you first start putting it together i think uh the original idea was floated to me by my manager um because i had a, a lot of albums that were released online to our fans, but not really promoted like a major label. So most people weren't really aware of it unless they were people that followed us on a daily basis. Um, so my manager suggested, um, maybe I should put that stuff out on a label uh, since I had a catalog at this point and just kind of let people know about the music and it might help the catalog. So I thought, well, that's a good idea. So um, we were talking with Joe at Rat Pack about doing it. And uh, Joe suggested, well, what if we put some, you know, a couple of new songs with it too? Uh, I, I can't, actually can't remember if Joe suggested that or if I did, but I know that both of us uh, thought that was a great idea and want, we wanted to do that. So then as I was writing music, um, I kept writing more and more and more, and I kept putting Joe on hold and saying, just wait a little longer, and I think, I'll have another song and then I'll have another song. And I mean, before long, a year had gone by. And at that point we were like, well, might as well just, you know, make it a whole new album to add with the old stuff at this point. So I think I finished one more song and I had enough for a new album and an old album. We decided to put it out, but the whole thing kind of morphed into that as we were doing it. It wasn't the original plan. You know, I, I, I love the idea that you're doing a two disc, uh, release and this is something that may not been may not have been possible you know 20 years ago 30 years ago but with the the changing business uh, the way it is I, I remember you know back in it must have been 92 and uh, and the the late great Tom Petty right he, at the time he wanted to two, do a two disc set and I remember the the folks at MCA uh, told them no no we we need you to do uh, just the one you know the the one record and he was fighting with them and fighting with them and ultimately they put out one record you know that, and you know here he is he's got all kinds of you know gold and platinum records behind him at that point and uh, and and you know he lost that battle where the major label basically said no you're doing one i mean here's a two disc set and i you know pardon my ignorance but have you done a two disc set yet I'm sorry. Say that one more time. My dog, unfortunately, my dog needs to be let in. Let me let, actually, both of them, let me let them in real quick. Don't worry. What what do you have? What kind of dogs you got? Uh, Well, I just lost 
a big boxer just uh, about a week and a half ago. Really, really sweet girl. And uh, but she, her two brothers are still here. I've got a uh, kind of a uh, Boston Terrier Beagle mix. This was one of her brothers, and then another one of them is a Japanese uh, Chin and a Shih Tzu mix with some other stuff thrown in. He's really uh, he looks like a lion. Got really big hair. <laughs> That's <laughs> cool. Yeah, you know, very cool. Now yeah, we we got we got a Shih Tzu over here too, and a Puggle, which is kind of like a mini mini boxer in a sense. Yeah. I, I, you know, yeah, it's a pug, pug and a beagle. Yeah, right. And kind of kind of mixed, yeah. but he has a boxer kind of look to him. I'm sorry to hear about your dog, and uh, you know, Thank thoughts you. are with you there. And I'm sure all the animal lovers out there they they understand that. I mean, you, you lost a family member basically when you when you lose a. a yeah, that's know. absolutely the truth. She was. Uh, I was closer with this dog than I think I've ever been with any dog in my life. She was just like a shadow to me, always with me and always laying at my feet. Her only concern was what was I doing next, and she would, you know, follow. And just the sweetest girl I've ever met. She got she got lymphoma, and uh, we we put her through treatments, and she did real well for for a, about a month and a half or so. Uh, got a little bit of extra time with her. And then it went down pretty quick after that. Unfortunately, uh, she was pretty young, only five and a half. Oh boy! So yeah, pretty I'll, devastating. Yeah, that's yeah. So that's, young. Well, listen, not to not not to stay on this, but when you when you tour, if you go on any ex, uh, ex, extended uh, runs, who watches your dog? Do you got somebody over there to uh, kind of keep an eye on them? Yeah, what? yeah. My lady is also ah. a dog freak. All right, you got Matter of fact, she used to. Uh, work full-time at Kansas City Pet Project saving animals, and that's where we got all three of our dogs. Uh, matter of fact, we always rescue dogs because of the overpopulation problem, and there's so many good dogs out there that need a home that are just sitting in a cage, so we like to help out when we can. Yeah, same here. You know, I wouldn't, I would never buy one from uh, one of these puppy mills or anything that's produced from that. Nothing. Well, listen, you know, God bless you guys on that. That's terrific. I, back to back to what I was originally asking you about the the two record set. Uh, and again, you got to pardon my uh, my uh, ignorance on this, but have you ever done a two record set? I did one other one, um, but it was an online. It was one of those online releases. Um, I did a two record set of all my original demos of all the songs that ended up on uh, King's X albums so that people would hear the uh, original versions and uh, that was called Tackle Box and it, I put that out about I don't know probably close to 10 years ago but um, didn't really promote it Yeah, oh, very cool let me remind the audience uh, the folks that you're listening to is me Frank McKay but much more importantly Ty Tabor of King's X fame and uh, guitarist and vocalist, uh, you know, uh, along with Doug and Jerry, put uh, some wonderful music together for, for 30 years. The new release is Alien Beans, and it's uh, 21 songs strong, if I'm reading this uh, correctly. But I, how much of a how much of a uh, surplus did you go through? I mean, was it uh, was it a no brainer when you were going through and picking twenty one songs, or were you were you battling? Were you battling whether this one should go on or that one? Uh, what did you have left over? It really wasn't uh, that big of a battle. Um, Joe wanted it to be some of the hardest rocking stuff from the catalog, so he had already picked out his faves. I think I only changed one or two things from that, um, and so it was pretty easy. It kind of just came together. 
you, you know, you mentioned bluegrass and you mentioned the Beatles. And, you know, I guess, uh, you know, it, it's it's nice to have all those influence. I, but people that know your music probably wouldn't wouldn't pick those two genres out as uh, as your main influence. Uh, what else and, and where did uh, you think the influence for King's X uh, come about? And, and again, I, you know, that's all due respect to Bluegrass and, and the Beatles, but there had to be some other things in there as well. Well, I mean, um, it's uh, all three of us had such different upbringings and uh, like uh, Doug wasn't really into the Beatles at all. Me and Jerry were you know, like Beatle freaks. Um, but Doug wasn't really into them at all. He was more into uh, soul and funk, you know, like Sly and the Family Stone. Yeah. And um, that type of thing. So, but he liked rock and roll too. He liked heavy rock. He just wasn't particularly a Beatle fan. So me and Jerry sort of Beatleized Doug. And uh, before long, Doug was writing some of the most Beatle sounding stuff in the band. Uh, like uh, a song called I'll Never Get Tired of You. I don't remember which album, one of the first three albums. Um, and it's super Beatlish, and that was a Doug song. And he had all kinds of things like that where the lines would be, I'd tell him, man, that's you know, like a John Lennon line. And uh, it wasn't because he was a fan of the Beatles. He just uh, was gravitating toward the same type of stuff. And so it was natural that Minnie Jerry just jumped on it and, uh, you know, worked in harmonies and other, you know, competing Beatle-type lines and things in our music. And uh, Before long, Beatles had everything to do with the vocals of King's X. I think all the first four albums, all of that sea of vocals on the first four albums is basically all Beatles. Yeah, you know? no, I, I get, yeah, no, I would get that. Um, but it's still, there's a lot, there's a lot there, you know, there's a, you know, like, you know, to, uh, n nobody's going to confuse you with a Beatle, uh, imitation band. I mean, even with the harmonies and everything else, it was your own version of that. And, you know, a lot of different things blended in there. And, and speaking of that, speaking of the, the like creative process, uh, what's changed, if anything, uh, of the methodology over the years, uh, you know, I assume you have some kind of Pro Tools setup or a Cubase or a Logic. You you have your own setup where you kind of just go to that every time you have an idea? Or what, what do you do? What's your methodology? Yeah, I actually um, have a recording studio called Alien Beans, which is where we got the name of the album because all of everything on the album was recorded at Alien Beans. Um, so, I yeah, I just go to my studio anytime I want to write and... Um, or, or just experiment and uh, you know try things out. I, luckily, I have I have a place to go. Yeah, I, I imagine you have a lot, a lot of material there. You know, uh, solo and otherwise, and um, you, you've oh, yeah. got you, you've got to have a, a you know, pretty vast. Um, I don't know what to say. A reservoir of, of tunes. How many how many tunes do you think you have there? If I mean, if you got struck by lightning tomorrow, how many how many things do you have there that you would that you consider for release? And you know, and some of them might have been released already, uh, you know, through the internet and different things like that. But how much material do you think you uh, you have ever recorded? I honestly don't think I could uh, figure that out. Um, I That's really a, couldn't yeah. put a number on that because uh, it's vast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and ongoing and constant. Um, so I, I, I mean, 
I'm constantly writing. I'll put it this way. We had 21 songs that ended up on the album. There were probably 150 to choose from. So, and I've written more since then. So it's, it's just, it's just always coming. There's always a, like you say, a reservoir of music there. I, you know, I, I got to love that. And I, you know, I, I know so many people in, in the past and guys like Hendrix, uh, you know, they had a, a disadvantage to us because uh, the technology. I mean, when you when you went into the studio back then, uh, you, you know, you, you had to spend and you had to, you know, you really had to do a big project to get a, even demos done, uh, you know, back then. And, you know, we have the advantage, I guess, uh, you know, in. Uh, and technology and access and so forth. But I, I love it. I love the fact that you, you're so prolific, not only with what we've heard, but, uh, but you know, things that, that we could hear for years and years uh, coming out of you. And uh, let me remind folks again, Ty Tabor, Frank McKay here with Ty Tabor from King's X and 30 years of, uh, of music coming out of him, more than that, but 30 years that we, uh, that we can kind of track and the new album is Alien Beans coming out real soon, and uh, everyone everyone should buy that and get that. Uh, give us a, a either a website while while people are listening here. Uh, uh, hopefully, they're not driving yeah. when they write it down. But a website or, or somewhere they can go and buy the record. Well, there are links that can be found at tycaver.com, which would probably be the easiest way easiest way to remember. I also have a Facebook page, but. If you type, I don't know why this is, if you type my name in on a search, my fan page doesn't come up. So uh, if, if anybody wants to go to the official page that has the biggest number of people and the most uh, activity, it's called, it, it's just at the address facebook.com slash fan page. And that's where I do most of my uh, info and, and contact with people and stuff. But TyTaber.com also has links to both there, too. You mentioned the first three or four albums, and you mentioned the, uh, you know, kind of the, the growth, or at least where, where you are, and you uh, certainly considered them uh, Beatlesque as far as the vocals go and everything. As you developed over the years, uh, have you had any complaints from fans? I mean, I... You know, I always see an artist is developing and evolving. Uh, but do you have any, uh, you know, steadfast or diehards that never wanted you to change and just kind of stay with those first three or four albums and that uh, that style and completely stay right there? Have you had any of that over the years? Um, not many people actually voice that to me personally, but I'm sure that a lot of people feel that way uh, because uh, those were our most popular albums and um, most well-known to this day still. but And we've had people come to us, and this is kind of funny to us because it, things just don't work this way in reality, but we've had labels come to us for the last several years offering generous amounts for King's X to do another album. And almost everyone that's approached us has said, but we want you to do it like the old albums. <laughs> and. And so we've turned down everybody that's come along because uh, you don't require that of someone. Go be who you were 30 years ago yeah, wow. as if you yeah. could, you know, as if you could do that. It, it's not even a choice. So uh, for us, that's just an ignorant way of looking at things, and we just turn away from that. Um, we we don't we can't physically do what we did when we were, you know, when I was in my 20s. I, there's no way I could sing 
the registers. I used to sing. None of us can. None of us can physically hold up to a three-hour show of that kind of intensity like we used to. Um, so everything changes with time and age. That you know, it's just uh, it's just something you have to accept uh, as you get older. Things start changing. However, for this band, the really cool thing about it is we've kind of slipped into a groove of being comfortable with where we're at now and what we do now. And um, luckily for us, that has been working very well. And our shows have been getting bigger and bigger and bigger for the last five years or so uh, to where now we're playing and selling out theaters again, like in the old days. And um, so for us, there's been a big resurgence and it's a resurgence around the new type of King's X that isn't that old thing. So um, I'm comfortable with where we're at. Things are working well for us. And I'm, you know, I'm sorry to anyone who wants us to keep making the same album over and over again, but it's not physically possible. <laughs> Breaking it down with Frank McKay. This is 1039 LI News Radio. Let me Radio. remind people that we're speaking to Ty Tabor from uh, King's X fame and uh, tons of solo work here and so much music over the years. The new release is Alien Peas and Frank McKay here with Ty Tabor. Uh, Ty, let me uh, you know go back to what uh, what you were just saying there. You had a uh, you know you have different people coming up and saying, hey, you know, can you do this? Can you uh, can you take that? I imagine a lot of people would just take the money and say, "Yeah, don't worry about it. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll do that." And then you just come up with whatever, you, whatever you want to release anyway. And I know, you know, it might sound duplicitous or whatever, but I, how can anybody actually ask you to, uh, you know, to duplicate? It's like going up to an athlete, you know, an athlete who's, uh, you know, I don't know if you're a baseball fan, but a guy who's now pitching instead of throwing and saying, "No, look, we'll give you." We'll give you ten million dollars a year, but you got to you got to become a thrower again, like you were when you were twenty two years old. I mean, it's almost like that, but it is kind of a it is, it's kind of a silly it's thing. Exactly, it's exactly like that. It's, it's, it's exactly like that. You refine what it is you have as you get older and keep going, and and that that becomes something else. But it doesn't mean it's uh, lesser. It's just different. It's just evolving and. Because I know that we enjoy playing live now more than we used to. It used to not be, uh, a lot of times it wasn't enjoyable at all. There's just too much pressure, strain, work, uh, stress, just just everything uh, was so different than now. That I look back at the times when we did those records that people like a lot, and I, I hated that time period. I, I enjoy being in the band now a whole lot more than I used to. How about uh, as far as live shows? I mean, if you had to, you know, or if you could wave a magic wand and pick out a, a perfect amount of shows to play live per year, I mean, what would the number be? I mean, some people love to just be on the road constantly, and and, and some people like to do 100 shows. I mean, what, what's your magic number? What would you like to do as far as live performances go per year? I could be perfectly happy going out once a month for one weekend of shows and just hitting major metro areas. That's kind of what we've been doing for a few years now, and that's why it's been working. Uh, we only do the big shows. Um, we only fly out and do them and fly back home for sanity. Uh, we, we don't tour bus you know, gig anymore. 
although we're uh, talking about putting together a string of shows on the West Coast that will require doing a, a tour bus thing again for one tour. But in general, we stay out of the tour bus, just fly out, do three shows, fly home, and uh, that's literally enough to make a living um, and still have plenty of time at home to take care of things and do other things. Um, so that's that's my magic number. I, I, I love going out one weekend per month, working really hard for four or five days, you know, flying out, you know, before the shows and, and the day after and coming home. Um, and I just knock it out like that and get it over with. Uh, because by the end of those three shows, I'm always so tired. I need a week or two to recuperate. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it works out perfectly. We just go out and hit it hard for a weekend and then we can recover and just do it over and over and over like that. That's, that's my favorite thing to do. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, it's a luxury. If you think about it, a lot of people don't have that luxury and uh, it's it's wonderful that you guys can kind of look at it like that. Uh, what is what about uh, you know we got a new year upon us here, and I, I, are you a uh, are you a bucket list guy or a, a goal setting type guy? Do you go into a new year saying you know I'd like to do this this and the other thing, uh, or do you kind of go with the flow and just see what happens? Um, no, I'm kind of a bucket list kind of guy, but the thing is, I've been hitting my bucket list since I was young deciding to go ahead and get it all done, get it out of the way now. You know, don't wait till I'm old and go, I wish I had done that. I lived my life like a bucket list. You know, I wanted to race motorcycles, so I did for years. I wanted to scuba dive. I wanted to, you know, be swimming uh, five feet away from a massive bull shark. And and I did and have more than once. And, and if I set a goal for myself like that, I just simply go and do it, period. And uh, it's it's just uh, called living. That's the way I look at it. It's like, why wait until to live later? Uh, the time is now. So I go for things now. Oh, listen, I'm, I'm the same way. I think it's terrific. We've got a couple of moments left with Ty Tabor. Uh, from King's X fame and uh, guitarist, vocalist uh, extraordinaire here, and uh, some some strong roots in bluegrass, and you know of course Beatles um, and a lot of other things happening there. The new album is Alien Beans, and his he's got a studio of the same name. Are you open to the public? Is the studio? I mean, do you get people, um, you know, coming there from the outside? Um, I don't actually let anyone physically come to the studio. It's not open to physical beings, but I do a lot of work there through upload download of files. And I do a lot of uh, mastering, occasionally mixing, occasionally playing on other people's albums and that kind of stuff. So um, it's actually the, the studio is in an unmarked building on purpose that looks like it should be condemned. <laughs> And uh, no, nobody has any idea there's a studio in it. And uh, that's the idea. Um, I don't ever show pictures of the place. I never have given the address to anyone, uh, ever. Um, and I use a P.O. box, which is in a different state, <laughs> for, uh, for contact. So it's, it's all very hidden. <laughs> well. Listen, that's terrific. Uh, we we got a couple moments left. Uh, the new album, and again, uh, you know, let everybody know where we can get it, 
and uh, and you know I, I know tytabor.com will will give you a lot of the uh, instructions there but uh, just some thoughts on the uh, on the new record alien beans um what you what you like about it uh, you know what uh, what comes across on there and if there's anything that you know that that you fell short of in your mind uh, on it I mean I, I can't imagine uh, you have all this uh, you know you have all the ability to change it as it goes on I I have to believe you uh, you're pretty happy with how it came out uh, normally normally when I look back at old tunes and stuff I, I don't do it very fondly I can't tell you how many times I wanted to put something up online you know like just put a streaming song up just on Facebook or something, just for the heck of it. And I would pull out, you know, one or two of my albums or maybe even more and just try to find one song that I felt okay with putting up online for people to hear. And uh, almost every time I do that, I, I end up not putting anything up and just putting my albums back away and thinking, uh, I can't put myself through that. So when the original idea to you know, come up with a compilation from the catalog for half of the album. When that idea was passed, I, 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 at first I was thinking, well, you know, it's, it's a good idea. I should do it. But I looked at it with dread. It was not something I wanted to, I mean, just facing those old songs is just, I, I never, I'll put it this way. I don't ever listen to King Vex. I don't ever listen to my solo albums. I don't play stuff that, I recorded and had to live in the studio with for so long. I usually, by the time it's out, I just want to be done with it and don't want to hear it again. Cause yeah. uh, you do hear all the flaws and this and that and everything. And it, you just have to let things go at a certain point. And so I have to turn away and quit looking the way I can let things go. But as I went back into these old songs for this particular group of songs, I found myself not feeling what I normally feel, not do, having all those negative feelings, not not dreading it. I actually, because I started thinking, well, I could remix this to sound a little more like the new songs, and maybe this would be okay. And as I started working on things, I started getting actually getting excited about it. And uh, then I was remembering, you know, all the little details that were in these songs. And, and um, so for the first time ever, I was able to go back to the old stuff and actually enjoy it so that when everything was chosen for this album along with all the new songs everything seemed to fit like it all should be on the same album and and uh, i had one of those rare moments of uh, being good with the package you know being good with 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 uh, everything that we had decided to do with it uh, i don't i don't think i can do any better so i have to let it go uh, listen congratulations on the new album alien beans is the uh, is the title everyone get this and uh, congratulations on everything. You've put together a hell of a career, and it's still going strong. And, and uh, you know, hey, congratulations for hanging in there and not, uh, not falling into, uh, you know, agreeing to do something that probably is physically impossible to do and, and try to imitate your early part of your life. I mean, great, great career, great things going on, still going strong. Ty Tabor, thank you very much for being here. Thank you. I really enjoyed it. Appreciate it. Ty Tabor, everyone of King's X fame and all the, the solo work that comes along with, with his career has been our very special guest, Frank McKay. Here, the name of the new album is Alien Beans. Go to tytabor.com and, and you'll see how to get it. And uh, just uh, ghoul them. Just a, an incredible career uh, to, uh, to Doug and Jerry as well. Just uh, they put together one, you know, one hell of a, a band and um, thrilled to have Ty Tabor here for the first time. We'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down. This is Frank McKay. I'd like to welcome everyone 
to breaking it down, Frank McKay here. More importantly, Emily Goodwin, someone who wears many hats, a very talented lady. Uh, one of those hats is vice president of Hollywood Christmas Parade, and they just they just had theirs on the last Sunday of November the 26th, to be uh, exact. And uh, you know what a production it was. Uh, Emily, how are you? I'm great, Frank. Thank you for having me. Uh, first of all, it's it's the 86th year. Is that correct? That's correct. This parade has been going for 86 years here in Hollywood. And over, one of our biggest events we have. Yeah, I mean, over the years, I mean, I, I can imagine some of the names that have participated in it. What what usually happens? Who usually comes out for this? Is it uh, is it locals? Are they tourists? Is it a combination of people? I, I have to imagine it's a it's an eclectic mixture of of folks from all walks of life. It sure is. So we have. You know, people come from all over the Southern California area, and uh, this time of year with the nice weather in Los Angeles, we have a lot of tourists, so it, it's a big attraction. It's right on Hollywood Boulevard, right on Hollywood, and then it turns, comes back up Sunset Boulevard, so it's definitely a main attraction, and um, every year it just, it, it seems to, in the last 10 years, it just seems to be expanding again, and we have hundreds of thousands of people that line the boulevard to watch the event. We have all kinds of celebrities and floats and marching bands and live performances and Hollywood movie cars and all. It's just a wonderful event. Big balloons that are you know tall as the buildings. Yeah, well, yeah, it's 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 exciting. How many years have you been involved in the parade? I've been involved for nine years on the parade. How much has it changed? Over nine years. I mean, in 86 years, I mean, that's that's like a large sample size. Uh, is nine years too, too small a sample size to, to notice any change in it? Or are there changes from, from when you started to now? Well, the changes that I've noticed in, in the last almost decade that I've been working on it is uh, how Hollywood and the community uh, embraces it. We, we, you know, muster up, and one of the things that I do is um, speak to a lot of the local businesses and community groups and so forth to come and help put the event on because we want it to be a Hollywood event. And it's, it's amazing to me to see, you know, four or 500 locals coming in to volunteer to help with uh, putting on this event. So it really becomes a community event, and I see that expanding over the last 10 years where more and more people want to come on board and help put the event on because they're very proud of it here in Hollywood. It's a, it's a great event, fun, family-friendly, and lots of, you know, great things and people to see. Where does it start? Where does it end up? It starts uh, on Hollywood and Orange, and it, it goes west all the way to Vine, which is another famous intersection of sure. Hollywood, with the sunset, <laughs> and then sunset back up to Orange. So it, it's about a three-mile route. Yeah. It's, uh, did you march in it yourself? Have you ever marched in it yourself, or do you uh, you just kind of uh, – you're, you're... – on the uh, logistics and on the public relations side, um, or, or is it something you, you march in? Well, I think eight years ago I, I ended up, uh, you know, because my, my company, Galaxy Press, we had a very large, you know, one of these five-story balloons in the parade, and I think I walked along with that that one year, about eight years ago, um, which was a lot of fun. We were promoting the, the stories from the Golden Age by Alan Hubbard, and we had this huge five-story pirate balloon which we still own. I just haven't walked with it the last few years wow. because I've been very tied up, um, you know, working on the logistics and so forth. Um, in addition to that, our our building here 
uh, is the green room for the parade. So I end up hosting all of the guests and celebrities and officials and so forth that come in for the parade, which we've now done for the last six years, where we we now are the green room for the parade. What is your what is your five story balloon? What is it of? It's a giant pirate. It's a it's a big pirate with a treasure chest, and it 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 uh, is one of the characters from the story Under the Black Ensign by L. Ron Hubbard. It's one of it's one of his old pulp novels from the nineteen thirties, and it's a great swashbuckling story. And you know everybody loves a good pirate, so having a huge five story pirate coming down Hollywood Boulevard is is a lot of fun. Yeah. What what else do you see there? Is there anything? That uh, that you would see, uh, let's say, in the Macy's Parade. Is there anything in the Hollywood Parade that resembles that? Well, the Macy's Parade also has a lot of these uh, balloons. They have balloons and floats. And uh, here in the Hollywood Christmas Parade, we do we had about ten of these large. We call them larger than life inflatable character balloons. We had Betty Boop and Gumby and the Gingerbread Man and our pirate, as I told you, and yeah. Toy Soldier, Garfield, and all kinds of these big, huge balloons. There are uh, equestrian units, uh, a lot of marching bands, and then we have uh, all kinds of, well, there's floats. Uh, we have several floats in our parade. And we have, uh, you know, all these Hollywood cars, the kit from Knight Rider and the Batmobile and and Herbie fully loaded, Magnum P.I. Ferrari, and the Austin Powers Jaguar, and all these Hollywood cars, you'll you'll see those in the parade, and those are a lot of fun. Back to the Future, and and then of course we, because we are here in Hollywood, uh, you, you get the celebrity participation, and they'll, you know, you have the uh, convertible cars with the celebrities riding in the parade, which a lot of people like to come out and see their favorite celebrities. Yeah, wonderful. Emily Goodwin is our very special guest. And this past November 26th, uh, last Sunday always in November, uh, she uh, uh, she and, and others uh, put on the Hollywood Christmas Parade. And it is something to see, that's for sure. She's the vice president. And, uh, and so much goes into this. It's the 86th annual parade. Uh, just uh, very interesting. Uh, you mentioned some of the celebrities, uh, or you mentioned you know that there are, are celebrities involved. Who are some of the celebrities that take a real interest in this parade? Well, every year it's different. This year, the grand marshal for the parade was Doctor Oz, very nice fellow. Yeah, and and we had um, uh, do you know uh, the old uh, Batman and Robin? Yeah, N- not Adam uh, West, right? He passed away, but uh, maybe Burt no. Ward. Burt Ward was there, though. Yeah, Burt Ward. We had Burt Ward. And then we get a lot of the TV series, all the cast, the cast of The Young and the Restless, the cast of The Bay. Uh, Billy Gardell was here. Jerry Mathers from Leave it to Beaver. Yeah. And cast of Justin. And then we had some individuals. We had um, <clears throat> Jermaine Dupree. He did a lot of music. And uh, Reno Wilson, Lou Diamond Phillips, Tara Reed. Every year there's, there are always different people that come in um, and, and come into the parade and get, you know, all kinds of celebrities. There's also a pre-parade concert, which uh, happens in when, when the, when the light, when the television broadcast goes out, uh, the different concert gets uh, excerpted throughout the parade. So you see a lot of performances as well. And we had some very fun, fun people performing in the concert. We had the village people, they did their, uh, you know, the whole crowd doing the YMCA. Yeah, that was a lot of fun yeah. to, 
<laughs> and uh, we had Nickelodeon, Brianna E.D., we had uh, CeeLo Green, um, and then we had a few American Idol winners, Ruben Studdard, Nick Fadiani, and we had a great uh, group that comes every year, the Band of Merrymakers, and uh, they're, they're a fun bunch. That's, that's worth looking up. They're, uh, they do a lot of uh, nonprofit and charitable activities during the holidays, and it's they're all superstars uh, that comprise Band of Merrymakers, everyone from Christina Perry, Mark McGrath, from Sugar Ray, Natasha Bedingfield, Michael Fitzpatrick from the Fitz and Tantrums, Tyler Glenn from Neon Trees, uh, Charles Kelly of Lady Antebellum. So these, these, these superstars all got together, and they came up with this Band of Merrymakers, and, and they come out every year to the parade and perform, and they're just wonderful, and they're so much fun. Yeah, wonderful. We'll see them in the concert. Yeah, just yeah. a wonderful cast of characters. We've got about a minute and a half left with Emily Goodwin. She is served as the vice president of Hollywood Christmas Parade, and uh, just a wonderful job. Uh, Emily, uh, give me a, a website or give us a social media site where they can get in touch with you, either through uh, Galaxy or, or you know, a personal page. Um, let us know where people can follow what you're doing. My website is galaxypress.com. The par- there is an official parade website, which is the hollywoodchristmasparade.org. We also have a Facebook page, and uh, you can catch up with all the activities there. And we'll be posting our own balloon and our own activities and clips from the parade on the Galaxy Press Facebook page as well. Well, listen, wonderful job, uh, not only here, but on the parade and everything else you do. Great job over at Galaxy. Uh, your your significant other, um, John, I know he's in, in Europe right now, but wonderful. He's, we've had him on the uh, on the show many times, and you guys just do wonderful work over there. Uh, I have to speak to you again on different subjects. Emily Goodwin, thank you very, very much for being here. Thank you, Frank. Great talking to you. And great talking to you again, the vice president of the Hollywood Christmas Parade, which just took place November 26th, uh, last Sunday of every November. If you can ever get out there for it, it is a, it is a sight to see. Uh, Frank McKay signing off. Emily Goodwin has been our very special guest. We will see you next time on Breaking It Down.